That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. All I right. think we, we got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We kind of already started this thing. All right, everybody. Welcome. Today, I get to talk to a good friend of mine, Ani Din, who I met a few years ago working at a, uh, a film school. And since that time, we've collaborated on um, a few film projects, uh, some events. She's helped us out on the one of the music videos that I directed. And frankly, uh, it would just would not be as amazing as it was without her efforts and her input. So I'm always grateful for her for that. So the purpose of this podcast uh, is always to get to know interesting folks who uh, just, to, just to learn their story and to then learn some best practices about how to, you know, anything from how to pivot careers, how to build community, how to find find yourself, whatever it is. We 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 they, these conversations always go places. I'm I'm always surprised by. And the thing I'll say is, we were just talking. Ani and I were talking about this earlier in the pre-interview. Is that everybody I talk to in these in these uh, interviews and in these podcasts very often feel like that they're like, well, you know, I've done all this, I've done all this X, Y, or Z, but am I really successful? And you know, what I always talk about is that you know, whatever you have, very often there are folks who either have been there, done that, or like, yeah, I've had that and whatever. But very often there are folks who haven't, who don't have what you have, and haven't been where you've been, and haven't learned what you've learned, and may not have a path there. They may not understand or they may not have the motivation or the influence or um, any kind of evidence that they can go from point A to point B because it's a world they haven't, you know, lived in before. They don't have connections or, you know, whatever it is. And so the goal of this podcast, as always, is to learn something new about interesting people, but also to kind of share some knowledge so that folks who are listening who might want to make a change in their life or who want to change careers or try something new, who don't know where to start, there's an opportunity for them to see that it's possible and to find practical ways to make that happen. So without any more me rambling on, I want to thank uh, Ani for joining us. How's it going, Ani? Doing well. Thank you, Jed. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about like, I, I've known you in so many different capacities. Uh, obviously, we met uh, back in the Center for Digital Imaging Arts um, back in a few years ago when you were a student and I was teaching film production. Um, but can you tell me a little bit about like um, what brought you to that point? Like where were you in your life before you were joining film school? And then kind of share a little bit about what, I guess here's the main question, is that was it a big leap for you to do, to go from wherever you were at the time to deciding to do uh, film school? And if so, can you share a little bit about like, you know, how you were motivated to take the leap? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so my very first job ever was working at McDonald's. <laughs> I worked there for five years. Um, and then after that, I basically became a substitute teacher and a volleyball coach for uh, high school girls. And I was really at that point where I was just trying to figure out what to do with my life, what I wanted to do. Um, and then just for fun as a hobby on the side, I was also recording music, um, you know, making music with my boyfriend and his family and group of friends that made music. And we were just all trying to think about how to be self-sufficient. So um, funny enough, like when I was growing up, my mom had her own local TV access show. And um, I used to always help record it, edit it, like do production type things for that show. But never in my life did I think that that is actually what my career path would be in because 
as a child, if you're forced to to do something, naturally you just don't like it. So I really avoided production actually for a long time. I didn't pursue it in high school or anything like that, um, or even want to like learn extra things on the side. I just did it because like my mom told me to do it. Um, so funny enough, like finding my like passion and stuff through music. Um, I was a part of a hip hop group and we basically wanted to be self-sufficient and not have to rely on people to like record our videos, record our music. Like let's really learn the technical aspect of it. And also funny enough is like, I wanted to go in to like the audio engineering program and they were like, no, no, no. Like let's, you know, divvy up the work. Like we'll do audio, you focus on video and then we'll just like put everything together. So I was like, yeah, cool, no doubt, whatever. Um, so anyway, we found the school and uh, you know, Center for Digital Imaging Arts that's no longer around today. Um, <laughs> so we enrolled there, we did like the halftime program, I think, or whatever, and finished it in two years. So more than a few years, I've known you, Jed. It's been since like 2014, I think I graduated. Um, but anyway, we did that program. I, me personally, had like an amazing experience there between the classmates I met, all of my film professors, including you that I've met and still keep in contact with till this day. Um, and then that really, you know, built the foundation for like my career going forward. So basically after, when I was going to school at CDIA, um, I was simultaneously being a substitute teacher at a local high school, um, local, what was it? A local charter school. And I loved working there. It was really awesome. The only thing that sucked was obviously the pay because teachers don't get paid anything. Um, <laughs> and so I just was like, you know what? I went to school for this amount of time. I was really hands-on learning. Like, how do I apply these skills and just make the jump, make the transition? Um, and so basically for people that graduated through the program, there was like a whole bunch of resources that all of the professors um, gave to their students. And for me, one of them that I used was being a part of this like hidden, like secret, you could only be invited to it, Facebook group. I even forget what it's called, but I'm still connected to it to this day, um, where people would just post different things like, hey, you know, I'm selling my camera. Um, you know, I'm, I have friends that are looking to hire production assistants or they're looking for X, Y, Z or whatever. So just a, an open forum for people uh, looking for work or to sell things or whatever. And so I saw a posting come in saying, hey, I have a friend who's looking for someone to jump on as a production assistant, um, you know, from going to school and learning that lab was like a good place to start for entry level positions in terms of production. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to apply. Applied got my first interview, um, had a second interview. It went really well. I ended up getting the position. It was a freelance uh, position to work on an animated series. Um, so I didn't really know what that meant because all of my training had been in live action, you know, with real people and learning the principles of like filmmaking and stuff. And you're not but really I animated yourself. Like you're pretty sedate, so you might not. <laughs> <laughs> it was the perfect transition for me, actually. So um, funny hold, enough. Hold, this hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm going to interrupt. Uh, so normally I interrupt like, like, it, like not in a good way. And I'm, maybe this still is not a good way, but like, I didn't want to stop. So I wanted just to pause a little bit about that sort of one section, um, sure. you know, cause like, so the first thing we'll talk about this later, but like the, the, the thing, like, so you've already talked about how, you know, you did have some, kind of role model in your mom and uh you know you've you had you know you kind of had some sort of entree into creative um you know production whether it's audio or video or what have you but what would you say to what would you say that you do that's from uh, office space uh no but what would you say to folks who didn't have that 
um, kind of exposure, who didn't have that kind of, uh, like if you're just, you know, again, like working at McDonald's with no, um, with no kind of context of like, oh, I, it's possible for me to do video, it's possible to do audio. Like what'd you say to someone who's like, you know, flipping burgers now, who's not loving it, how, no, no pun intended. <laughs> Honestly, cause I will, I will sprawl here a little bit to say that like, it is, it is interesting to me how everybody I know who I believe is a success has the story of like, I was having 10 jobs or I was walking dogs or are currently like killing it or like, are currently like, like, not famous, but like look like they're living the high life, but are secretly, you know, struggling with finances because they're working five jobs. And I guess my point is, is like, I'm never surprised by that, but because I've seen so many people who are, who are doing that. But like, the point is that that creates kind of a mindset where you're, you know, you're just trying to scrape by and to get to the next day. And so how do you, you know, no, I'm not saying that was you, but like, again, let's just say that if you are somebody who's in a job that they don't really like and doesn't have any uh, kind of um, influence showing them that it can be more like, do you have any suggestions? And again, that may not be your experience, but if you had any suggestions, what would it be? Yeah, for sure. So um, I actually didn't even know what I wanted to do in terms of video. I didn't know what that meant or anything. So the thing that I started with was what am I really good at and how can I take that skill and basically like build upon it, you know? So my thing for me personally was like, I know that the one thing that I am like spectacular at is that I am organized. What can you do with that skill? I don't know. And then I go to school for it. And then I'm like, oh my God, this is a crucial skill set. And it's definitely needed in the workforce and in production, especially uh, if you're organized, you can, you can really do a lot with that skill set. So I guess just figuring out like, and there, I've definitely been at that point where I've, um, you know, had an awful job or something that I just didn't enjoy. And I was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to like get out of this. So besides focusing on like, okay, step one, what am I good at? Step two, like, where can I take this skill and what can I apply it to? Then you think about what do you like, right? Like I loved music. That was the reason that I went to school is because I had such a passion for it. And because we were go-getters, we still are go-getters. Like we want to, you know, do things for ourselves, be that self-sufficient team. And just having that as like my background and like my motivation definitely pushed me to like take the steps in order to like get closer to that goal. So like, okay, what can you do in order to like, you know, be making your own videos, right? Okay, well, you have to learn how to use the equipment. You have to learn how to you know, use the software, you know, like outline those steps, make them smaller goals and then just do it. <laughs> gotcha. Just do it. We're, we're, just, we're just doing all the all the corporate logos like I got loving it I'm loving it and we got just do it think, you know think, I will take sponsorships at any time exactly as will I so then so then let's just let's just focus on one more thing and we can move on to your fancy you, you know animator job so you know when I remember I remember when we were in class you know there's always this classic thing of that the most organized person not always, but very frequently it gets foisted on uh, is, the, is, is the woman, right? Like that's usually the thing. So I was always trying to be careful in all of my classes to make sure that, that no matter who they were, the students were able to kind of explore all their different interests and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember when we talked a million years ago that you were interested in doing cinematography, but it does sound like you kind of, you've kind of not grown into, but like, it sounds like organization of kind of any kind is, is, is like something that's innate and that you enjoy. Um, yeah. But I guess that's sort of the, that's sort of the, I guess it doesn't really segue into what I'm talking about, but like the reason why I'm thinking that is that like, 
you know, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a school of thought that says like, if you want to get into indie film, if you want to get into like production, you just show up and do whatever you ever you want. So let's say that you're in a, you're in a role not a job, but say you show up on an indie set or like a, you get a PA gig. Like, how do you make a jump from like just getting your foot in the door to doing the thing that you want once you do know what it is? Oh, I love this question. Um, okay. So <laughs> me, for me, it's definitely like all about the details and, and paying attention to them. So I would say, and I've definitely done that. Like I'll give a specific example. Um, when I was <clears throat> what was I doing? When I was at the animator job, right? I was like, okay, I'm focusing on this, you know, this current position, but I don't want to forget any of the skill sets that I've learned when I, you know, went to school for filmmaking. So what can I do in the interim? And what I would do is I would, you know, tap into all the local like sites or whatever that, you know, people would put out PA listings for. And I would try to get onto those sets as much as possible, even if it was just being the PA on set. And it's funny that people actually say it like that or have that connotation because like being a PA on set is like so important and so crucial. And although there may be some sets that people do treat you like, you know, the bottom of the ladder, lots of them don't. You're extremely important to, you know, the flow of being on set. And so anyway, I would, I would go to these different sets. Um, I would help out with them. And like I said, paying attention, being there, being present and making yourself stand out um, are all things that are very possible, even just from a PA position. So an example I would include is um, I was on this one set and what happened? And uh, the, the director was like, you know, having me do something. I don't even remember. Like I always came prepared, first of all, like having a pen and paper in my pocket, you know, always wearing pants with like 15 pockets so that you could put stuff in it, um, having extra batteries, whatever it is that they need. And I just remember hearing like the director say that they were like really hungry and um, that they really wanted like chocolate chip pancakes or whatever. We were shooting a scene inside of like a local diner and um, in between me running around, like, you know, doing crafty or whatever. Um, I remember like having like a quick conversation with uh, one of the cooks that worked there and was like, hey, like, do you think like in between um, takes or whatever, like you could just cook up like some chocolate chip pancakes. And so next thing you know, I don't know, maybe like an hour later, the director turns around and I'm, and when it's like a, you know, a break and I'm here, I am with a fucking plate of chocolate chip pancakes. And <laughs> that moment, I think really solidified it for me where it was like, oh, she different, you know, like, <laughs> like pay attention. Like she made it happen. Like you, what you ask for something and you just put it out into the universe. And then like the producer is the person that like comes with it and just, Hey, here you go. You know, giving it, serving it to you on a silver platter essentially. So I, I guess like, like for me, that was like really pivotal because I'm like, okay, I really like it when people are asking me for things that they feel is like impossible or like it's like unreasonable to ask for in that moment. And it's my job to be the problem solver and to figure out how to get it done within that time frame. Um, and then I'm actually, I'm still friends with that director to this day. We still talk all the time, I would say. And, um, you know, yeah, it, it's cool. It's how you build relationships. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a, I think there's a distinction between like, you know, like what you're describing is occasion where you were presented a problem and you solved it. You know, you're kind of like vanilla ice in that way. If there's a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Yeah. Uh, but we can check out the hook later and when the DJ revolves it. Um, but no, but honestly, like what I was thinking about, like, cause there's, there's like a fine line between, by the way, if those who don't know, like a PA is, you know, hierarchy in terms of the hierarchy, like it's down at the bottom, as they say, 
of like just you know being a gopher whatever is needed but i think that the like what your story the illustrates is that it's like what a good whether regardless of what your what your title is what a good like person to have on set is is someone who can take an abstract problem and find a solution rather than um you know there's nothing wrong with wanting your boss to tell you clearly what you need to do and to follow directions like that's a that's a reasonable request to have but as like a position when you're in a position of power or not you know like if you're a person who's like dealing with a million things like it's nice to have somebody who you know can solve problems like can make connect the dots rather than like oh i told her to go get a light bulb and she brought back a light bulb it's mm -hmm. no i i you see a situation happen and you resolve it and i think there's a difference do you think there's a difference um no yeah totally there's totally a difference yeah it's like it's like being in a relationship when you're dating somebody right it's like i don't want you to go get me flowers because i said please go get me flowers you know i want you to get me flowers because you know, you saw that I was having a tough day at work and you thought that, you know, a bouquet of roses would really make me happy. You know, it's like pay attention to the details, you know, like not only should that be important in like your personal relationships with like friends and family, but in the workplace, like that goes so far. So, yeah. so far. Yeah, so that has been like my favorite thing is like I literally keep a list of random things that I hear about people and it's super funny enough too because right now in my current position I remember being like um, the CEO was on the call and I was like oh hey what are you doing for your, your birthday this weekend and like later my boss was like how do you always know people's birthdays <laughs> and my answer was I pay attention that's why I pay attention. <laughs> yeah so I think that's the key like so let me ask you this this, this might be a funny answer but like so I now I kind of just, we, you know, we have, we've, we've worked together so many different times that I just, you know, it's, it's not really a thought process anymore, but like, you know, in the past, like, why did you say, why did you ever decide to work with me? To work with you? I don't even remember the first thing. Just in general, like, like, I don't know. I asked you, you know, the last part that we did was like a year ago and I asked you to do it. Like, it was just because there was like a, a money attached to it or was there something else? Um, not necessarily. I feel like anytime you reach out to ask me to work with you on something like, yes, it's always nice to get paid, obviously. Uh, but I like to be around you. I think it's funny. I think we have really in like engaging conversations and I, I like to keep in touch with you to like hear what you're working on and stuff like that. And I like that, you know, that you'd like to keep me involved, like from like bringing it way back to when like we had our, our first like interaction of, as being a, you know, teacher student role, like, I just feel like that that says so much to me for me to still be able to say to people to this day, I still keep in contact with my film professors from school. Like we still all talk and like we're good friends and like you're not the only person I still talk to. Sure. You know? so. Yeah. so the reason I was asking is that like I reversed it on purpose to say that like my advice to folks out there is that like whatever reason you would want to work with somebody is almost always why they'd want to work with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like when you look at about like, well, like, you know, you want someone who's reliable. You want someone who is like fun to work with. You want someone who makes life easier. You make someone, you know, you want to work with someone who knows your friends and that like you feel like you can trust. And really at this point, like whether it's you or anyone else who I work with regularly, the trust is like is like just one less thing to have to worry about. Right. Like and, you know, the, the, the not the last thing we did, but like I guess the last big thing that we did together was the, um, you know, the, the music video. Um, for the band that just won, uh, you know, Boston Music Award Rock Band of the Year. Like I had a, <laughs> that was, there's a whole other book I can write about like what went right about that, that uh, process that like probably shouldn't have gone right. <laughs> like it was like, <laughs> tell people how to make a music video was not be the way to do it. 
Yeah. yeah so everything kind of came together. And like, honestly, like you were like a big part of that. And like, there is like, this is the point that I was trying to make is that like one, it wasn't like I said to you, you know, Ani, you have to make this, this music video better for us. <laughs> I didn't right. say, you know, you have to do these 10 different things. Like, I just like, I was like, you were, you were in the moment. I didn't say anything. Like you were just, just did your thing. And like, we suddenly had better props and like things were more organized and we had more pizza and stuff like that. I didn't sit there and think, you know, I better get Ani on this because we'd, we'd have pizza more on time and we'd have better, you know, production value. Like, but that's what we got, right? So that's the first thing is that like, that's what I wanted this right to folks because it's really, so I think it's hard sometimes for people who are looking to impress others that they think it's more of like a, you know, a, again, it's more of a hierarchy. The question is like, you got to say to yourself is not just like, how do I impress this person? But like, what kind of behaviors do I, do I want to exhibit because I'd want to see those same things exhibited in the person I'm working with? And so that's why I asked that question is that like, that's often how you get people to like you on set or how to want to hire you is not to try to get them to like you or not try to, you know, do anything really, but just to, just to, you just to make, you know, everyone's life easier. And when you do that, almost always, the people who you vibe with kind of want to do the same thing for you. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's true or no? No, totally. A hundred percent. So like, even like going back to that chocolate chip pancake example, like the point of that story wasn't for me to be like, oh yeah, he asked for this and like, he thought it was impossible and I made it possible. The point of it was like, oh, if I ask this girl to do something in the future, she'll get it done no matter what. I don't have to worry about it. Right. And, th and that, that's what I want. That's the, that's the only reason why I want to clarify it is that because I think that what worries me, um, frankly, is that there's just, there's, there's, and this is what I'm trying to not fight, but I'm trying, what I like about this podcast gives me opportunity to show people is that like, you know, some people are bosses because they earned it and they, they did the work. And sometimes they're bosses because they're the boss, <laughs> right? And like, that's fine. And we look at it like us looking at them, but you got to really be one with yourself and be like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do me. And, you know, I'm not going to try to, you know, impress people. You're, you're, you're trying to be impressive as opposed to impressing others. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's the thing I want to kind of illustrate is that like, I want to make sure people are empowered that if you like have good practices and good habits, then good things, not always, but often can happen, which brings me to the next part of this question. So you, you know, you've had experiences with uh, music, you've had experience with video and indie film and commercials. And then we're kind of getting back to the point you brought up earlier before I so rudely interrupted you is that you got the gig or the job working in the animated, the animated show. And so in and, in and of the spirit of like telling us how that happened, like what kind of um, prior experiences helped you um, kind of be good at that job, even though you didn't know anything about it? Sure. So um, that was actually a perfect segue for me at the time, because like I said, I was a substitute teacher, essentially. Um, and I ended up also at that school turning into a, a teacher's aide, like a student services type teacher. And so anyway, the reason I'm saying that is because a lot of this, the classes that I was uh, sitting in on to help those students um, were related to science. And the reason that that is important is because the animated series that I was um, hired to help work on had a science uh, like background to it. So it was basically about, it was for the Smithsonian Science Education Center. And um, 
it was called uh, Good Thinking. So it basically, the premise of that was it focused on misconceptions that people or you know children or students have about science and then just showing it in a fun animated way of like why that that's not true. So like, you know, why, what are the reasons we have like four seasons during the year and things like that. Um, you know, so anyway, that, that was a perfect like segue for me because I had like an education background, you know, I was already familiar with working with students and how those interactions looked like with a teacher and, and a student, both from the student perspective and then, you know, a teacher perspective. And so bringing that into, into this production experience was super helpful because I could have a better understanding of like, you know, the content that we were trying to create, but then also from like a fun part, cause I'm like, oh, you know, like students wouldn't look like that or like that wouldn't be in the background in the classroom or something, you know, like my input was valuable because I was a legitimate source essentially. Um, so that was a really good transition for me, for sure. So it sounds like it, well, you really were kind of a fit for it though. It wasn't, it wasn't a humongous leap for you. It doesn't seem like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was for me in the sense of like, I had never done anything production related besides like my mom's TV show, but like that, that didn't feel like it was legitimate to me just because it was something I had always known, like just growing up, like, oh, it's because my mom does it. You know, I wasn't familiar with the process of taking direction from a complete stranger, you know, in this like world of production. Um, and especially in, in, in animation. And then just having that background of like filmmaking and understanding how live action um, is produced, I was like, okay, like, I wonder if the process is similar. Like, you know, I'm really happy to like have this experience because it, it sheds light on how, similar and different animation is. So like, just to do a quick recap, um, production essentially is always going to be the same, but depending on what you're producing really shows like where, where the exact differences are. So like, just a quick example would be like shooting on location, right? When you're shooting something at like a warehouse or whatever, uh, if you were to take that same warehouse and put it into the world of animation, like you actually have to build that warehouse. You have to build the background. Like there's legitimately people that have to draw the actual background that you have to put the characters on. And so like just having the understanding and like learning about that and how it all comes together was fascinating to me, but it was like the principles were all the same. Like there were still writers that wrote the script. Um, you know, we had experts on it from the Smithsonian who vetted to make sure that like the information we were sharing um, was accurate and was concise and that like anybody of any age could understand it because they essentially wanted this material to be used in classrooms to actually teach students to have teachers use them as tools and resources. Um, so anyway, it was, it's all super applicable. There was voiceover sessions that we did, you know, like we didn't shoot anything, but it, like, you know, people drawing the backgrounds, drawing the characters, people taking that artwork and then animating them. Like it's all a process. You still have to edit things. Um, you still have to like master things with audio. Like it's, it's all so similar, but it's just like different uh, yeah. files that you're working with. Essentially. Oh, it was funny that the one thing you said that really resonated was that, um, so I did this big uh, well, when I, I was when I was doing events, I did this event in um, Los Angeles of just I had a bunch of friends who worked in animation and and I was either I can't remember is there some you know is there a friend who worked on a Netflix show or an Amazon Prime show uh, but they're like a fancy pants is the point yeah. um, but like the point is is that like it was just, it was just an interesting little aha moment where they're like yeah like the biggest thing is like you like if I write a scene for me in live action where I'm like all right yeah we're in a kitchen and then like you know, you have to find a kitchen and you find a way to make the kitchen work as best you can. And, you know, the, the, you know, the, um, 
production designers and the prop people, they try to make the kitchen the thing that it is. But when you're in animation, like you can't just, you, you can't just have a kitchen. You got to draw that kitchen. It's got to be a certain way. And it's either this way or that way. Like it's not, there's no ambiguity. So that really kind of blew my mind. So when you were in that, in that era, like, are there any, and I'll give you a second to think about it, but there are any kind of specific lessons you learned or any kind of ways that you grew in that time that you could maybe share with folks that like would help helpful to them? Sure. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is obvious, but communication is key. <laughs> so we, that was the first time I also had ever worked in something that they call a virtual studio. So that basically meant that the office that I worked in, it was literally me and the lead producer on the project. Um, and then I think we had one creative director that also worked there. And then like literally everybody else was offsite. So like we had the, we had used the audio studio in New York city who did all the voiceover and, they, and we would bring the talent out there to record them there. We had used another studio in, um, in Canada who would do all of like the original music and mixing and mastering of everything there. We had writers in, um, in LA who would write the content for us, write the scripts. Um, so it was just like all, everybody all over the place. Oh, and then all of the animators we used, they were, most of them were pretty much locally based, like from the Boston area, but none of them worked in the office. They were all freelancers. So it was just like having to work with different like departments, different teams and in, in, you know, from literally geographically all over the place. That was my first experience with that. Whereas like to compare it to, you know, being a teacher, like the, the people that you're teaching are all, physically in there in person. I mean, at the time, pre-pandemic, of course. Yeah, sure. um, <laughs> so I guess that was like my first real taste of like, this is what remote working is, you know? Um, and that, and that, was, that was cool. And being over communicative was, was super helpful, super important to the process. Um, and we gave the client constant weekly updates, bi-weekly updates, monthly updates. Um, so I guess, I guess I really learned like, you know, why communication was important and like how to communicate. Because I, you know, communicating things in animation is just slightly differently than what you're communicating um, for live action. You know, you're like, you're not prepping talent to get talent ready. You're prepping characters and their vector art to get them ready to animate. So it's, it, it is different. So if somebody wants to get into something like that, how would they go about doing it? Which part? <laughs> well, so I, I was making it vague on purpose, but I guess I'll be more specific. So if somebody wanted to get involved in animation um, on in any way, like whether it's as an animator, as a production manager, you know, sure. maybe not voiceover artists, because kind of more, but just in general, like I, I just, I just, I hear a lot, like what I hear a lot from most people is that unless you're, even if you are a videographer, it's just hard to make the jump from live to animated or scripted to unscripted or documentary to feature. Mm -hmm. So just either A, you don't know anything and you're just trying, you're, you like the idea of working at some sort of animation studio or you're, you have some sort of, production background, but like, you know, you're not in that world. How do you find ways to make it into that world? For sure. Yeah. So there's a couple different ways I would say. Um, so one, it would be like networking. Uh, so just asking anybody that you think is associated with that industry or that line of work and, and, you know, trying to get connected with them and their connections is one outlet. Um, obviously looking for things online, like on Craigslist, on Indeed, like job postings everywhere for sure. 
um, or even just trying to find like a, like an internship, you know, there has to be some type of viable way if you're going into it with no experience or little experience that you can get your foot in the door. And there are definitely ways you just really have to seek them out. Just like how I would always like, you know, keep an eye out open for random PA gigs, you know, that were oh, like no, on the, the weekend. It's the chocolate chip. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like yeah, you just have to find postings. Like people always need people, but you have to look. Yeah. I mean, all of my jobs that I've ever gotten, basically almost all of them started with me working for free and then, then being like, this guy's a PA. Like uh, literally I went from, I actually ended up getting a, you know, producing one of uh, a film later with them that actually won best film at Comic-Con. But when I first moved to LA the second time, I worked on a shoot like as like a PA and I literally went from a PA to producer in five days, not because like, to your point, this is what I was trying to say is that like, I wasn't- well, I have a story for that, let me tell you. Um, What's that? I said, I have a story for that. I've, I've, there's been times where I have gone onto set only expecting to be like the production coordinator and I turned into a full on producer and second AD. I don't know how that happened. Well, see, I think you do. This is what I was trying to say. That's why I like, I mean, I, I was, it was definitely nice for you to say all those nice things about me, but like the thing that I was trying to get across when I asked that question was that like, the reason why I would guess, and I don't know your figure position, but I've seen it happen a bunch of times. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, uh, take a guess is that like, you it's, it's, it just comes down to basic need. Like if you, if you, if you see somebody who can do more than what they're doing and it's not going to cost you anything more than what you've already given them, why not have them help you? Right. And, and so the, but the thing that I, I really was trying to work around was not, was, is it, is, is it possible that the answer is that you're really good at what you do? They notice that you're really good at what you do and yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to also have that understanding, that level of understanding of that, like, Hey, if I can just do like, I mean, I know I was only hired to do ABC, but if I was able just to do like DEF, then everything would run smoother. Yeah. Do it. Just do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, like I said, I was only hired to be a production coordinator for two days. And I turned into a full-on producer in second AD. I have no idea how that happened. But you keep on saying that. I would say because you're really organized and you're an asset. But like, and I and I and I I just think that the the first of all on like union sets you can't really do that, right? Like you can't even move furniture if you're if you're not a props person. But I think that's the key, which is like because we were talking about this with my friend Liz, who is the podcast before this about how she's like, yeah, you have to be you know on the ball just enough so that like they know that you're there and available to help and that you're not overstepping your bounds. So, okay, so cool. So then, so, so you have, you, you have the animation job and then you move on to another job, as I recall. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, that transition and then kind of what that next position was? Sure, sure. Yeah. So um, the animation job was almost a year long and unfortunately they were not able to bring me on full time as much as they had wanted to, just because they were going through their own company shifts. So um, the good news for me was that I had a good, like, month and a half or so notice that, hey, you know, we can't continue your contract. Um, so just so you know, like, this is your end date. And so with that notice, I was like, okay, like time to kick this into high gear right now. Like, what can I do um, in terms of finding my next thing? So I was applying everywhere, like all over LinkedIn, all the different job sites and stuff. Um, all the producers that I was still currently working with at that position, um, I was having separate meetings, like one-on-one -on -one meetings with them to talk about what my options were. Um, they were connecting me to other resources as well. Um, and then if uh, my direct boss producer that I worked under, who I still consider to be a mentor till this day, um, she was also helping to like send me job postings and things like that as well. Um, Cause they knew that, you know, they weren't able to hire me. And so funny enough, 
um, somebody had posted on my next boss, I guess he had posted on LinkedIn, a posting about um, somebody looking for an associate producer uh, position. Uh, and so I applied there. Um, so crazy. It really is all about who, you know, cause the, when I had my first interview, it was with the, um, operations manager and the operations manager at that other company, she had helped to be like one of the founders of the company that I was currently working at that I was getting ready to leave. So, and of course I didn't know that. And so I guess what had happened was I learned later that when my name came in and they saw that I had put the animation studio's name on my resume, um, that person, the operations manager, I am'd the executive producer um, that I was working under and said, was, was hey. It, was, was this in 1998? No, it's not in 1990. Do I am anymore, isn't it? Like, do they? Well, do I am? Are you kidding me? DM, DM Slack. What are we? What are we? I know, I know. But well, anyway, they were IMing each other, and they were like, "Hey, this person's name just came in. Like, do you know this person? Can you like vet for her? Like, is she good? Like, should we give her an, an interview at the very least?" And they were like, "Oh my God, yeah! Like, you have to like interview her and whatever." Anyway, had that interview, that went really well. Um, had a second interview with the actual producers that I was um, going to be working with and they loved me and literally not even two hours later I get a phone call uh, with an offer. So it was really exciting. Um, that place was at an agency, an advertising agency that I worked for for about four years and uh, that experience that I got there like is second to none. Like I loved everything um, about working there in terms of production and all the people that I got to meet. I got to work on a lot of big name projects with a lot of big name like TV networks and clients. And um, it's it's just, I got a lot of really good stuff from my resume for sure working there and a lot of really uh, valuable experience, especially working with the producers who have had like decades of experience in TV. So it was, it was interesting, like having the background in, uh, you know, going to school for filmmaking, you know, and then going to animation and then switching back to live action, but it was specifically for like sales and advertising. And that was like a whole nother world. So I had to learn a lot and, you know, get back into it. And like, it was really cool to like, really see how my filmmaking knowledge that I had learned could be directly applied into this new position. Uh, but it, it was different. It was still different. So advertising is, oh man, TV and advertising is, it's fun, but it is cutthroat. Let me tell you. Um, so, and, you know, throughout that, my experience there, I was able to gain, um, you know, not just like the experience and knowledge, but also other additional responsibilities once I built that trust, you know, so it was me turning into not just being like an associate producer, but producing my own projects, you know, like big projects. And then also like running our internship program and like things like that. And just being a mentor and using my teaching experience to apply it to that position. Um, so that really helped me like, you know, one, like find myself <laughs> in the sense of like helping to show what I really enjoyed. And one of them is like, I really enjoy teaching and mentoring, um, you know, the youth. So I really like that a lot. And then also still producing like, and to show myself that like, you can do both at the same time. You really can if the opportunity is there. Um, so anyway, that was like really invaluable experience uh, working for that advertising agency. Um, and then uh, moved on from that place onto the place that I'm at now, which is, a still an agency. They're technically considered uh, a technical agency, uh, but with them, it's all websites and app development. And that also is a whole nother industry in, in different world. Um, and I have just, I've been here for what, uh, I want to say like a year, a little over a year now, I would say. 
Um, and just even in the year that I've been working here, like it has just been incredible in terms of the amount of knowledge that you learn, like the different acronyms, like industry to industry is just so different. And, and like for I am. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And for what, like, I want to gain, like to be like successful in, in my career path as like a producer or a project manager or whatever is that I want to be like, I want to be like the go-to like power woman, you know, like I want people to be like, I have this product that involves X, Y, Z, and I only know one chick that can do it. It's Ani Din. And <laughs> I feel like the only way that I can do that is if you literally learn about every single industry and, and you can pull from all those different experiences to help you figure out, you know, your next project. And so I feel like I've really done a good job at that so far where it's like, you know, I still have, um, you know, that background in like my filmmaking, going to school for it and everything and applying that knowledge to animation, to advertising and TV, and now into digital when digital is so prominent at this moment in time because of COVID. So it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy how everything comes for full circle and, you know, I, to be honest, I don't think that this is like my last gig forever. Like I've always said that my dream job is going to be like producing the next Avengers eight, um, <laughs> which is still a dream, but you know, still attainable, but like, how can I get there? What's the best way that I can get my foot in the door? Maybe the next person that they're going to be looking for is somebody that is super well-rounded and can literally understand all the different aspects of multiple industries. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that you can. I mean, I know Chris is going to, might be back on on uh christmas might be captain america again i saw the last the last time and I'll, I'll just tell i don't usually share these name dropping stories but it, it's not bad it's not it's not uh yeah i don't usually share it because like it's whatever so chris evans is the guy who went um you know who's from my town and you know so everybody has a story like oh like there's always like a, it's a lame story like oh, i saw him getting coffee or like we once had played basketball together like it's it's a very nice guy like there's nothing bad it's just like me telling the story is not that impressive if you live anywhere near where I live. But I just, what I laugh about is you can just imagine is that we were doing, uh, I was doing karaoke at like our local uh, Asian fusion restaurant this is many years ago. Uh, and I was doing my living on a prayer, which is mainly, mainly just me screaming. Um, and his, his uh, famous girlfriend at the time, I'm not gonna drop her name just cause I, you never know. I don't wanna offend anybody, frankly, but she's famous and you know, whatever was just like, what is this guy doing, oh <laughs> right? Like, and, and the point of the story is that like, it's not who you know, it really isn't. It's who you know, who you can bring value to, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I forgot about this, I was gonna mention this one. I'm gonna, we're doing a documentary about the band that we directed the music video for. Hopefully you'll be interviewed for that one as well. Um, and I'm gonna do my interview once COVID's up, but basically the, the part of the story of that is that, you know, we had a makeup artist on the day of, like in the middle of nowhere, you know, not be able to show up because of like a very legitimate, like, you know, there was an emergency, right? So it wasn't like she didn't show up for any other reason. Then like, it's understandable. But for us, we needed a makeup artist. And then Ani Din, who knew everybody, you know, put the call out like, like 9.30 on a Saturday or something. And boom, this amazing makeup artist who I, you know, whose work I adore um, showed up and really made, you know, the, again, like I didn't, this is the point. Like, this is what I was trying to say is that one is like, it's a nice story and that you're amazing, la, 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 la. But like legitimately, I wasn't sitting there thinking to myself, I have to have Ani on this because the off chance that our makeup artist gets gets in trouble or it has an emergency and then she will take care of it and then the person will be great. And then also like, it's just, you don't think like that. You just think like, you know, mm -hmm. Ani is someone I can count on, right? And I think that's the, 
that's the, that's the ingredient here is that when it comes to and I'm not necessarily giving you advice as I'm just sort of giving the universe advice is that as someone who's like been marginally physically around fancy pants in my life a lot like it's not knowing them it's knowing them having them either trust you or having them know that you can give them what they need and what yeah. you got to remember too is I'll, and I'll let you talk in a second I just want to just sprawl real quick sorry to sorry to go on for so long but just to say this last point which is that like in Hollywood, for example, everybody's good. Like everybody has a good script. Everybody has some famous person attached to that script. Everybody is working really hard. And you know, what it comes down to is the, 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 the again, the reason why I asked that question of like, well, why do you wanna work with me is the same thing. Is that like, because they can get the job done and they can do it in a way where you feel comfortable, right? You just, I can, I trust Ani, like, so she can do it, right? Whatever. And, there's a lot of people who I trust who I wouldn't want to spend 12 hours with, right? <laughs> you know? So like, those are the things that get you where you need to go. And so that's, that's, that's really apropos of nothing other than to say a response of like, it's not just who you know, it's, which is part of it, right? Because like a lot of people in the world just don't have the access that they need to get what they want. So that's a, that's a huge deal. But even when you get that access, which is why I'm trying to give you a little bit of hope, I guess, is just to say that like, yeah, Avengers 8, why not? You know, it's, it is about like, who you know, but it's about what value can you bring to them that others can't. Um, and yeah, so just not to go on and on, but just, yeah, what do you think of that? Yeah, and just like finding that opportunity to inject yourself to be able to, you know, show that, you know, going back to what you said a little earlier um, about being impressive and not impressing people, you know, like you can't just walk on set and be like, all right, I'm here. I have all the tools. What do you need me to do for you? You know, it's yeah. like, sit there, shut up, listen, pay attention, <laughs> take notes if you need to. And then when you find the right moment, when you find, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that opportunity, that's like somebody saying that they really need something and that they're in a crunch for it and they just can't find it at that moment. Like think to yourself how you can make that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is how you stand out. That is how you impress people and show them that, you know, you are different from the bunch and that you really do understand how all of this works. Yeah. Now that you are a fancy pants in your own right, like what do you, other than the, you know, the kind of person who can give you a chocolate chip cookie or a chocolate chip pancake when you need one, like are there specific skills that like, that's that I guess a two part question. Are there specific skills you look for when you're, if you were to put together your team, uh, you talk about communication, but just in general, are there, are there more, more, or rather I should say, are there more specifics to that? You know, cause yeah, yeah just that. Sure, sure. Um, okay, so in terms of things that I look for when building a team, so um, it does depend on the project and what you are looking to accomplish. Um, you know, being a producer, you always get all of the information up front first, and it's up to you to kind of like figure out what you need to like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, like disseminate or like what, what you, like what team members you need to add to your team in order for you to fulfill that goal to complete that project. So um, that's the first thing I guess is like identifying those steps and like those roles and then reaching out to those those people because um, there are certain projects that require a certain style and maybe one you know DP director of photography you know 
person that's going to shoot your stuff, maybe they have a style that fits for it, but they don't know how to do drone footage. And, you know, that's something that you absolutely need to shoot is with a drone and you have to find somebody else for that. So it just, it, that's just one example, but just, just like, you have to figure out what the needs of the project are because, you know, maybe like there's a future project I want to work with you on Jed. And I really want you to be on every single project that I work on, but perhaps your specific expertise, your skill set is not going to fit this project. You know, like I could work on every single project that comes my way, but perhaps I'm not the best person to do that. So you really have to like, this is one thing I definitely do still take from my days at McDonald's <laughs> is they had a saying where you always have to take and put their aces in their places. So the people that are like the absolute best awesome. in that area. Yeah. You have to make sure that you like find that right puzzle piece that fits, you know, that area perfectly. Um, but in terms of actual like skills, like what you said earlier too, about like, you know, you want to be able to work with somebody that can do the job one. Yes. But that you wouldn't mind being on set with for 12 hours. Like if I can't stand being on set with you for more than an hour, I don't want to be on set with you for 12 hours. Like I want to be enjoyable, like to be around and I want you to be enjoyable to be around. And I want us to be able to like crack jokes here and there. And like, you know, for to know that like I can joke around with you and you're not going to be offended by something or like, you know, that you're still going to get the job done. Even if we have to have a working lunch, which basically means that you're still working and eating at the same time you know what I mean which totally you can't do that on a union set but yeah like <laughs> you know like the those are the things that you look for like someone that can do the job someone that you know is likable and personable um and somebody that fits in your rate that's another big thing too it's like hey I might really love working with you and you might be the most awesome person for this job but because you are so awesome as, as a person you have every right to charge what you have to charge but guess what I'm sorry I just don't have the budget for it so you can have that conversation and there are definitely people who just because the sole reason is that they like you they'll say you know what fuck it. I'm just going to take like the L and like work the, the amount that I wouldn't normally work because I really love working with you. And I know that the experience is going to be awesome. Um, you know, rather than like people that are just trying to get money for, you know, their area of expertise and that's like just a paycheck to them. So that it, those are all factors that really like contribute to that. I just, and stay focused on you. You know what I mean? Like, no, I've never worked on like an Avengers movie. Of course I'd love to one of these days. And if I ever get the opportunity, I totally will. And just because you say that I'm amazing, Jed, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm amazing, but you know what? If I can get you to say I'm amazing, if I can get my former bosses to say that I'm amazing, if I can get anybody that's ever worked with me on this level to say that I'm amazing, then chances are I'm probably amazing. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so I only have a couple of questions that you wanted to talk about anything else, but yeah, it really just, I guess the last ones are, um, you're like, well, yes, you did. You talked about where you want to go. And I, I talk about this a lot, but like, you know, there are, there are things that you have now that you may have thought were unattainable years ago. And there are things that you want at this very minute that in the future may seem unattainable. So either just share a story about that, or if, if you don't have those things, maybe give, um, you know, one final kind of, I've been asking the same question a couple of different ways, but just one final swoosh of like, you know, if you, if you want something and you don't have it and you think it's unattainable, how do you overcome that? How do you overcome the, the, this feeling that the thing that you want is unattainable? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, so kind of like how I said in the very beginning of this interview, like you have to identify what you're good at and what you'd like to do. 
and use that as like your overarching goal, right? And then really break it down into actionable steps. What are things you can actually do right now at this very moment in order to go in that direction? Right. So like I said, I want to be the freaking power woman. Right. Like I want to I want to be able to like be well versed in multiple industries. OK, what's the step? You have to work in multiple industries, <laughs> you know, like you, it's going to take time. You can't just be like, OK, I tried that for a month. Cool. All set. I think I'm an expert. No, it doesn't work like that. Like even though I put in like four years at the advertising agency and I learned a lot like, you know, that that experience felt really, really good for me, but like, I'm not super expert in it now, but I have enough experience that I'm like, okay, I know exactly what that means when somebody tells me that, you know, they need like a, a sizzle video or something, you know what I mean? So like just being able to, to understand those steps um, to help you reach that goal is what's gonna be important. And it's like, okay, how do you identify the steps? What if you absolutely know nothing whatsoever, right? Um, okay, so that's why the internet is here. You Google everything. Google has always been my best friend ever since I was in 10th grade. Like <laughs> ask Google anything you want. And it's the fun part I would say about being a producer is, you know, besides the problem solving is that you, it's not knowing like, it's like not really like not that you have to know the answer to a question right away it's knowing how you can get to that answer you know what I mean like just because you google something also it doesn't mean that like you're going to get that answer right away sometimes google can show you 50 very vague things that have nothing to do with what you're looking for but if you know a specific source or if you know exactly how to phrase that search like target it as much as possible and put that into an actionable next step then it'll, you know, get you closer to your goal. So that's usually, like super vague, but. <laughs> yeah, I usually use uh, Ask Jeeves. So, you know. Oh, Jeeves is outdated. Jeeves loves Well, you don't use I am, I'm teasing. Uh, <laughs> Ask Jeeves doesn't exist, homie, come on. No, but so I, I think that's the thing that we're talking about. Like I was trying to find, a, I've been trying through this entire interview to kind of explain what I was thinking and you finally did it, which is like, it's not like, it's not problem solving. Like here's your tea, sir. It's creative problem solving, right? Like. It's like, that's the thing that we're talking about. Like it's, it's hard and I find this hard a lot. Like I'll be dealing with people who work in marketing or video people and they can't figure out why their video looks different than mine. And I'm not saying that I'm any whatever. It's just the reason why my video looks different than theirs is that I understand how to put the pieces together differently than they do, right? Like you can make a video using, a, using an iPhone, using a 10 year old phone, using a like a daguerreotype, using a red camera, you know, but even if you don't know how to use that, it's not going to look much different. And if you, if I use something, you know, that's like a, the fanciest camera and some like, you know, Roger Deakins is this great DP uh, award-winning, you know, Academy Awarding DP does it like he has nothing. He can make it look amazing. Right. Like, so it's not, that's the hard part is that it's like, when it comes to what, you're, what we're describing, whether it's producing or creates creative, it's not formula. It's like, how do you let the pieces come together in such a way that you solve the problem? rather than A plus B equals C. Um, so yeah, this is awesome. So unless you have anything else, I, I think I, I think we've covered quite a lot and I, I really do appreciate you taking the time. So is there anything else you wanted to talk about or cover? No, no, that was it, thank you. Well, okay, then uh, that's awesome. Well, thanks again for um, taking the time, you know, as we've talked about, like, it's real easy to think that like, you know, what's so interesting about me? and. I'm not saying that you think that, but I just, I, I will tell you is that like, you know, the hope of this podcast is that folks who don't know that they can, or don't have examples of how they can 
be more, or make difference, you make a difference in their life or change uh, that, or can grow. Like that we, I want to give them examples of how that's possible. And then also, I just think it's nice to highlight interesting people who are doing great things. And I will say, it's funny that I was just uh, texting before this with uh, RJ, who's uh, my former boss and a, 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 um, someone I work with still. And then another, probably two or three people coming up on this podcast are all from CDIA too. So, um, you know, it all kind of comes back, you know, the, you, you find good people, you tend to want to work with them, I think is the other theme that we have discussed a little bit. But once again, just want to say thank you for taking the time. Um, you know, when you, when you do do the, uh, the Avengers role, will you be sure to come back and, you know, let us interview you again? Of course, of course. I have some time though, but I really, I always say that I have to hurry up because I think they're already in pre-production for Avengers 6, so. Yeah, yeah, well, there's, there's a, that's the thing. There's a lot, like you just never know where it's gonna go, but I'm gonna, I, until it happens, I'm, I've got my faith in you. So once yeah. again, thank you for taking the time and until next time, uh, I'll talk to you later. Thank you.